Welcome everyone to the first episode of Count's Coffin Talk. My name is Count Draven and I will be your host as we take this journey on the airwaves together. For this first episode, we are going to use this uh, show as a way for you all to get to know your host. I will be joined today by my by a couple of my spiritual siblings and they will be asking yours truly some questions about me and what this show uh, is going to be all about. So uh, at this time I'm, I'd like to introduce uh, a couple of my spiritual sisters who are um, followers on Twitter. And uh, the first person I would like to welcome today is she goes by the handle of Wordy Ghost on Twitter. Uh, also known as Iggy Stark. She is a published writer. Welcome to the show today, Wordy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And my other spiritual sibling that we have here is uh, her handle is Wolf Witch Grave on Twitter. So welcome today, Wolfie. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Hope everyone's doing well. All right. So, as I said, we're going to start kind of, we're, we're using this episode as a get-to-know-you type thing and to let people know what the intention of this show will be, what, uh, what I guess, what my intent for the show will be, what we want to achieve and what we want to accomplish. So to give you just a basic overview of what I'm looking at, I'm looking at this show as a way to uh, have people come on and talk about things that they love, things that they are interested in, things that occupy their time, the things that fill their emotional tank. Uh, whether it's things like listening to music and different types of music, if it's reading books or writing, if um, it's about horror movies or things to do with the occult or mental health, or any of that, any of that kind of those kinds of things that that we really take that interest in. On this program, I am not going to get wrapped up in the topics of the day, uh, the usual stuff that we are always bombarded with on a daily basis, the politics and all of that other shit and garbage. That that's really not what I want this show to be about. You know what I'm talking about. I want this to be a place where. People can get together, can talk about things that they that they love and what they're interested in in a respectful environment and where we can joke around, we can laugh, uh, we can have some fun and and get to learn more about different types of things. So with that, let's get started here. Um, so I'm going to put a question to you both to begin with, um, and I know when I was you know putting some thought into this and kind of planning this whole thing i had asked you guys for some advice and some advisement so from your perspective what do you both think about coming coming on to a podcast like this or having a podcast like this out there i think it's a good idea i think that you know like you said if you're going to avoid a lot of the the politics and stuff that's that we see on the news and on social media every day. Sometimes people really do need a break from that and just want to, they just want to think about something else. So I think it's a good idea. And I'm going to second wordy. Um, the, the stuff we see every single day enough already. 
there are so many more interesting topics that we all could be talking about. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with both of you more. So uh, let's kind of um, delve a little bit in, into topics and things that interest you. Tell me some of the things that interest both of you and, and things that you like talking about and that you like discussing with people. I can pretty much talk about anything. <laughs> to be fair, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, you know me for a little bit. You you know, I can pretty much talk about anything. I love talking about writing. I'm a writing instructor, so I could talk about that all day long. Um, right. Talk about story structure all day long. But if you open up any other kind of topic, I will talk about it. It doesn't matter. We could be talking about the types of soil that's in your yard, and I could talk about that all day long, too. It's, a, it's all good to me. And how about you, Wolf? Um, I love talking about anything related to the occult, um, things I may not have heard before, something new and exciting. Um, I'm also, as anyone who follows me knows, I'm a metal fan, but I have a huge repertoire of music that I listen to. Um, and, and I do feel a lot like Wordy, that there's topics out there that are so interesting that we don't think of. But those are probably... Oh, and I will add horror movies. Let's throw that in there, too. All right. So I see we have been joined by my other... by my third spiritual sibling, um, who goes under the handle of Cassie underscore INTJ on Twitter. So I'll throw a shout out to Cassie and welcome her to the podcast as well today. Hi guys. How are you today, Cassie? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I thought I thought this was happening at a different time, but yeah, I'm doing good. And uh, did you want me to introduce myself? Sure. Uh, you can give yourself a quick introduction and I'll put a question out to you. What types of topics do you like talking about? The thing, like, what things do you love to talk about? What really interests you? So I'll throw that out there with to you as well. Okay, yeah. Um, well, first off, my name is Cassie Kennedy. Um, I have been a um, tarot and intuitive psychic reader um, for, oh, goodness. Well, since 2003, professionally, um, I have a um, science degree in psychology. And, um, as far as the topics, my goodness, I, um, uh, I love talking about really weird stuff. Like I have a very large amount of information about plague, about, um, Julius Caesar. <laughs> um, this kind of comes with this, um, I, I have autism. So this kind of comes with that piece of um, just getting really, really into certain topics. But um, in general, I love topics that have to do with psychology, behavior, symbolism, um, archetypes, um, and anything involving the unconscious mind. My approach to my intuitive readings has to do with um, the concept of depth psychology, which is the fact that the unconscious mind and the semi-conscious mind is what motivates most of our behaviors. And if we are able to identify the stories that are within those behaviors, then we can figure out what role we're playing and what's going to happen next. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. So everybody has had a chance to throw some things out there that they, that interest them and that they like talking about. And that's really 
everything that everybody brought up those are the kinds of things i also have a huge interest in all of that stuff um you know and one important aspect for me in this whole uh podcast journey is also being able to talk with others about issues surrounding mental health it's not something that a lot of people talk about from what i see and it's kind of i think it's kind of unfortunate that that happens so again you know part of creating this safe space and a comfortable space for people to talk about that stuff i i also you know wanted to include all of that kind of stuff in in conversations when you know uh when i have people on the show as well so i i really like hearing the answers that i heard here and it it it, it makes my heart feel good that the whole vision that i've had for this podcast is is um hopefully going to answer and and address you know some of uh some of those things that each of you brought up so i'm going to turn the floor over to you three now and ask you uh if you have a question for me um so that people can get to know me i have a question and I, i've asked you this before and i'm going to ask you this now for the podcast is why do you call yourself count draven why well this really started probably about a year ago now um more than that in the last year and a half actually really since i uh since i've started my mental health journey a year and a half ago i hit a pretty dark place in life and essentially crashed and burnt and went through a massive uh, you know mental and an emotional breakdown and you know really after that started putting the work into trying to bring myself back to a better place not only for me but for my family as well um and the whole count thing started uh um and it was this was after you and i had met wordy and uh we started getting to know each other and and you started talking to me more and more about you know tarot card readings and and some of the uh witchy stuff that you were into and we started talking a bit more about you know spirituality and and uh talking about uh you know what kind of what makes me tick and 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 all of that and 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 also where i was at in my head and through those discussions there was one day i asked had asked you to do a card reading for me and i remember the question that i asked you was do i have a vampire side to me and when you put the cards out and you explained what each card represented and what the meanings were behind the cards and that really started getting me thinking and it started it, it was another part of that kind of that mental health journey that i've been on all of a sudden there were these dots that started showing up as we were talking about things um you know dots about my own personality and kind of what i'm like and who i am and it was like hey wait a minute now there's more lines i can start connecting you know there's more dots here to connect and i started connecting the dots and i started realizing that you know hey yeah this vampire side of me it's always been there it's helped me with this and it's given me strength here and it's helped me there and you and i i, I if you remember the conversation it was like I think I must have texted you texted you about half a dozen bulbs in the text conversation because it was like poof 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 poof. 
this stuff started showing up, right? And it was that awakening of that vampire side that led me to uh, really stick with the word count. I had used it before, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep it on my Twitter handle. After that, it was like, yep, that's it. It's staying. This is this is who I am. Case closed. Um, the Draven actually comes from um, th- comes from The Crow. Uh, the Crow is one of my favorite movies. Absolutely love that movie, and I love the character of Eric Draven. I always have. Probably it, it was a movie that made as much of an impact on me on gothic style movies and stuff as Dracula did. So that's kind of, that's, that's where the whole name account Draven come came from essentially. All right. So we are going to take a quick break right now. Um, at this point, I'm going to ask my sister Wolfie to give us a song to play and um, we will see you back after the break. I am going to give you that classic Enter Sandman by Metallica.
listening to Enter Sandman by Metallica. So I'm going to throw the, the, uh, the floor back over to my sisters and ask one of them to throw another question out. All right, um, Count, I've got a question. It's Cassie. Um, I would really like to know um, more about your music side. And since that's such a broad subject, um, I'd like to know... Basically, what instruments you play, when you started playing, and how that relates back to both your mental health and your spirituality. Okay, so, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, buckle up and be prepared. It might be a long story. I'll try not to make it too long, though. Um, my history with music. I really got into listening to music when I was a little kid. Um, I had an older brother who was 13 years older than I was. Um, and I remember, you know, being around four or five, you know, four or five years old. Um, you know, he had a, an eight, a portable eight, eight track player, not cassette. This is back in the days of eight track. Um, and you know, he will. He was always listening to kind of the popular stuff at the time. He, he was listening to Steve Miller Band and Jeff Beck and Queen and, um, you know, some Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and the Runaways and and Susie Quattro and and you know he listened to a lot of the good classic. You know what we call today the classic rock of the seventies. Um, and a lot of the, the stuff he listened to was always a bit harder, uh, you know, was harder rock and, and some of it, I guess, could be, you know, like with Sabbath and, and Zeppelin could be considered proto metal. Uh, but the band that he, one of the bands that he listened to that really got me into music and, and loving music the way I did was Kiss. Um, the first time I listened to Kiss was in late 75 early 76 i believe early 76 would probably be more accurate uh the first album i remember listening to was kiss the originals and um on that album 
it was the music that had uh, that had gotten me. Um, not too long after that, I remember he had uh, my brother had bought Kiss Destroyer, and the first time I saw Kiss Destroyer, that was it. I fell in love with the band. I fell in love with the album, and that was really the path that set me on to uh, you know becoming a metalhead later on in life. Um, I do have an eclectic taste in music. I mean, I do listen to things besides metal. Um, for anybody out there that has listened to uh, the show, uh, the podcast Backstage with Spike, uh, and give a shout out to my good buddy Spike at, with Honeybone Rush, uh, we had talked about, uh, you know, a bit of my background, and I had mentioned on his show that I was also a pro, uh, pro DJ in the 90s. Uh, I'd started DJing in 1992, and I DJed up till 99. And, uh, you know, being a DJ opens you up to even more music um, because you're you're playing a wide range of, of tunes from, you know, polkas, waltzes, up to country music, to top 40, pop, hip-hop you know maybe a bit of rap r&b there you're you know hard rock and maybe a little bit of, of right uh, you know, i remember old glam metal in there and stuff it, it's you're playing such a wide and diverse range of music and the biggest key when becoming a dj and the thing that i really loved about doing that was playing the music that the crowd wanted to listen to it taught me how to read a crowd and how to read people properly especially when you're in a situation like that when you're standing up behind all the music equipment and you've got whether it's you know you're playing a weekend in a bar or whether you're playing a wedding you have a group of people sitting there that are all looking up at you and basically going okay we're here to party and have a good time. What you going to play, motherfucker? Put it out there. And right. that's the stuff that gets you going because now you have to try and figure out, okay, what's going to, okay. what do these people want to listen to? So hold on, you hold on, hold throw on. in a little bit of Cassie, this and you watch the crowd and um, see how many people get up out. to dance and you There's watch their moods to see if, you know, they're tapping the their feet a little bit or tapping a hand or a finger on the table or, you know, on the leg or on an armchair or whatever. You're always watching for those small clues and those small signs to see what gets people up and going. For me, when I was doing it, and one thing that I, I even told Spike this, I just <laughs> for all the years that I DJed, I can tell you on one hand how many times I went home sober from one. I couldn't do it sober because I was too, too anxiety ridden. I was too nervous. Not to say that I didn't do the DJ job, but it just, you, you don't feel you're not relaxing. You're, you're not able to relax to get yourself into that into that space um and that's really the big the, the other big thing about music music for me was an escape an escape for me as a kid because i was bullied as a kid um you know i was the small short little wimpy kid in school 
Uh, I was the geeky, nerdy little kid who was never that strong, was never good at sports, you know, and I liked science fiction movies and I liked reading the Hardy Boys and I liked reading horror, old gothic horror novels. And, you know, I was into the stuff that other kids looked at and went, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you watching that? Why are you listening to that? But for me, that was my escape. I felt good there. I felt comfortable there. When I threw on a metal album, I could throw it on and it could be a shitty album, but I would throw it on and I would let it go from song number one to whatever the last song on that, on that, on that record or, or tape was. Um, because it was just my way to get away from everything. It was my way to be in my own space. So mental health wise, that was what part of what music was for me and, and still is. I find when I'm listening to music, my mind isn't racing as much. I can actually kind of calm it down a little bit when it gets to that point. It doesn't always work. Um, but that's because at this point, I know that there are other mental health tools that I, that I use and that I have to, that I have to undertake in order to get myself into that calmer place. But music is one of those things that still to this day, it helps me get to that place. Um, I find them when I've got music playing, I can focus better. It's like that, having that white noise thing in the background, um, you know, and that's to me there is no better form of therapy out there than putting on the music you love and just sitting there and listening to it and getting lost in it and being yourself and that's really what it's about for me so i hope i answered your question yeah, that's really fantastic. And the reason I asked that question specifically is that music is um, one of the first ways that humans, you know, a long, long time ago, were able to form groups and to communicate non-verbally. And so our relationship to music is so telling and we can all fit in with any group through music. And I liked how your story arc of what you were talking about was talking about how, you know, you were in a situation where you didn't really feel like you fit in, but then you were also, um, as a DJ, you were able to give to the crowd and give back to society, let's say, and bring people together through that gift. And I think that that is so important. Um, the only other question I have, though, and, and I mentioned it before, but it was such a long question. It's just, as a musician, how is that for you as well? Um, I, I can't really call myself a musician. I call myself a dabbler at this point. I mean, I own a few bass guitars and I own some electric guitars. Do I know how to play them? Nope, not worth a shit because I... Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm self-teaching or trying to self-learn and self-teach and and you know that takes a little bit longer and I find that as I'm getting older um and you know just as a result from the kind of work I've done over the years the fingers are 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 not as flexible as they used to be um because I've never been easy on my body and I kind of beat the shit out of myself but uh, so 
the thing about so i'll say it this way the thing about having a bass guitar and and a guitar and wanting to self-teach and self-learn i don't ever intend to you know i i don't picture myself ever being you know the next michael anthony or you know as a bass player the next steve harris or trying to get to that level this you know, i i pluck around with this stuff I love guitars. I love the way guitars sound. I've always been a huge fan of bass, even from when I was a kid. Um, and always did want to, you know, just pluck on a guitar. And, and, and it was never for really for anyone else's enjoyment and pleasure. It was more for mine, you know, and that's kind of why I started. I, I, I got more into it at, once I got older. I tried learning a bit of bass when I was in high school. It didn't really go well. And I, came away from it not really learning anything because you know I was trying to get one of my classmates to teach me and and uh his method of music or the music he preferred to listen to and what he played compared to what I wanted to learn were two different things um I I, I wasn't into learning about music that could be played in in a Pentecostal church I was more about wanting to learn Iron Maiden and motley crew and stuff like that so that wasn't a good experience for me and and then i never looked at a bass again till about four or five years ago i picked one up and i mean i pluck on it here and there i don't stay steady with it like i should um but you know it's just i i like pulling you know pulling the guitar out once in a while and just playing around and it, it's just a fun relaxing thing for me to do yeah, totally. You know, I I play piano and knowing that you were interested in guitar, I, you know, I have found that um, music is such a great way of um, getting out all of that junk that kind of builds up. Um, and it's just a great therapy. It's a great therapeutic tool um, for self-expression. But we all have different ways that we can express ourselves, you know. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So... I think we may be at a point here where uh, we can take another break. Um, so I am going to ask Wordy for a song for us to play. What kind of, what's a song you like listening to, Wordy? I would like to hear Wolf Totem by The Hue. All right. Excellent song. So just sit back. Uh Grab yourselves a drink or whatever, and uh, we've got Wolf Totem by The Hue coming up for you.
All right, so uh, welcome back from the break. You were just listening to Wolf Totem by The Hue. And now we're going to take some time. We're going to play a little game here on Count's Coffin Talk. Uh, well, the name of this game is called Hot Cake or Cold Fish. So basically what the rules of the game are, I am going to throw an item out. Uh, it could be music-based. It could be movie, television-based. Uh, it could be ba- it could be anything, um, and you'll tell me whether you think it's a hot take or whether it's cold fish. So hot take meaning you think it's good, you like it. Cold fish is like basically black, throw it in the fucking garbage. It's done. Okay, so we will start off. Uh, we'll do this kind of in a. Uh, I'll start off with wordy here. Hot take. Metallica, the Black Album. And one thing I will add, if you guys want to explain why you think it's a hot take or cold fish, you're welcome to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. So I'll throw that out there too. Do I really have to explain it? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wolf, Metallica, the Black Album. That is a hot take. It was a gift that someone gave me so it's got even sentimental value on top of it but yeah hot take all right cassie metallica the black album that is a hot take i mean that it's an epic album it's was to me it was kind of groundbreaking not because it necessarily did something different but because it was a compilation of this really strong style that they were just nailing at the time i love it all right excellent question number two or item number two ghosty the new dune movie Ah, uh, see that—that's kind of in between. I can't do one or the other. I have—I enjoyed yet. it. No, no, you got to but... make a choice: hot take or cold fish. No in betweensies. You know, I would if I had to choose one, and this is going to be controversial. I'm going to say cold fish. I had well, some you strong I opinions about some of the storytelling in it. They left out some really important things that I feel they should have put in for people that may have never read the book or seen the previous iterations of that story. And I, I have strong opinions and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so cold fish. <laughs> Wolfie. I, uh, the new Dune movie. I am also going to be controversial and say cold fish. Uh, Wordy explained it the best, but for me, just didn't do it. So, cold fish, there you are. Cassie, the new Dune movie. Hey, I guess we're all about controversy because I also say cold fish, and here's why. You know, storytelling's really, really important, and I, and you know, when when they make a story that's really amazing, more accessible to other people, that's great. I can get on board with that, but for me. Um, Dune is a story that was already told perfectly the first time, so Cold Fish, I'm not even interested. <laughs> All right. Don't, okay. don't hold back, Cassie. Tell us <laughs> <laughs> how you really feel. <laughs> awesome. I never hold back. <laughs> 
All right. Item number three, ghosty. And I know you're going to go to town on this motherfucker. <laughs> the Twilight series. Uh, you know, that is totally cold fish. And, you know, me and Cassie were talking about this the other day, and I know that she disagrees with me, and that's perfectly okay. But I did no. <laughs> you know, I think from what I, I'm going to be honest, I did not actually read all of the stories. I read excerpts. But from what I gather, it is, you know, you know me, Count. I am very vampire purist, and it is not vampire purist at all. She just went in a totally fucking different direction, and I did not appreciate any of it, whether it's the books or the movies. So, cold fish, totally. Vampires don't sparkle. (laughs) I'm sorry, but they just don't. Oh. Fuck that shit. Yeah, that was a poor choice for the movies. It was really poor. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfie, the Twilight series. Cold, dead fish. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, the head off of the motherfucker and throw him back in the, in the ocean. That's exactly and it, man. I couldn't. He's chum, man. I could not get into the books at all. I tried. So I said, all right, you know what? Let me watch the movie. Sometimes the movie will make up for it. Couldn't get into any of the movies. Never got the hype. I'm like, this is just, this is just plain and simple bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Cassie, the Twilight series. Hey, um, I'm going to say Cold Fish. I loved it at the time when it came out. And I'm talking about the books. I did not like the movies at all. Um, well, the first two I thought were all right. And when I say I like a book, I mean three out of five stars. I don't mean like it was my favorite thing ever. But yeah, Cold Fish, I don't want to hear about that anymore. I, there's no, no conversations to have about it. I mean, it was nice watching the movies with my daughter and talking to her about what's healthy and unhealthy. But I mean, no, Cold Fish. I remember when that movie came out and the first Twilight movie came out in the theater and the girl I was dating at the time uh, wanted me to go watch it with her. And I sat there and about halfway through it, I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? This is total horseshit. This is not a vampire movie as far as I'm concerned. And I was like. Well, you, you know, you, 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 know that gif or, you know that gif of Ryan, sorry, that gif of Ryan Reynolds that we see where he's like <laughs> looking around and then his head just tips back? That was me during that movie. I was like, oh my God, just fucking kill me now. Get me out of here. <laughs> and then, and then after that, she's uh, the girl that I was dating is asking me and the kid, well, when the next one comes out, you guys are going. Uh, no, I'm fucking, I am, no, I'm not. Sorry, you'd be going on your own. <laughs> so yeah, that that that's my take of uh, the Twilight series. Anyway, <laughs> okay, I have a take. The I, next item. I, I, wait, wait a second. When I went to the hey. Twilight movies, I went with my friends, but they happened to get in a different theater than me, and I only went for my friends, and it was a midnight showing. And anyway, I ended up seated next to this girl who was obsessed with it, and she started talking to me, and she called me friendo, and then she, like, followed me on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere for, like, 
three years and she never forgot that friendo thing. So it became this thing that I had to like kind of hush, hush up because I don't want people to know that I went to the midnight showing of that movie. Like there's a story there. I, I was going with my friends. There was, you know, I just wanted something to do. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's weird. That's a weird thing. Yeah. I think we need more about that story later, Cassie. At some other time, I need to know more about that story. So do I. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to topic number four. Hot cake or cold fish? Barney the purple dinosaur. Cold fish? What the hell, man? <laughs> I had to throw that one out there. Did <laughs> you like making fun of me because I play a game with where I ride dinosaurs? That's why. No, that that actually wasn't why I thought of it. I thought about that day you were uh, you posted your your dinosaur pants, and I was bugging you about Barney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I never liked Barney. It was always kind of weird. Barney. Goldfish, because can someone just put that motherfucker down already? <laughs> yep, I think you need to organize a hunting party. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Cassie, Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Hey, I'm going to say hot take, and here's why. What makes him so universally hated because when when we have a when we have a symbol or a, or a situation here where everybody is just a hundred percent like this is not cool and and we let it keep going like like barney ran for several years right i, I want to know how that happened so i'm gonna say hot take but only for science <laughs> for science it's all for science Okay. Item number five. Ghosty. Edgar Allan Poe. See, that's a hot take. I, I I love Poe. I love his stories. I love his poetry. I love everything about him. And I'm sure that at some point I'm going to find something that's going to make me do a double take like um, Lovecraft. But so far, he's still a hot take. Wolfie. Edgar Allan Poe take he is amazing i would almost go so far as to say he is a god for people who like reading things that are alternative and deeper and darker so yes absolutely hot take dassy edgar Allan poe some writers are able to reach into the unconscious and show you um just amazing things. And I feel like Edgar Allan Poe is one of those rare um, authors that's able to do that. He's just amazing. So I'm going to say hot take, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with all three of you on Edgar Allan Poe. He was, he was the first macabre writer that I had ever read when I was a kid. Um, and the, uh, I'll tell you the, 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 my most favorite story written by him is The Telltale Heart. When I first read that story, I think I was around seven or eight years old. And it, that story freaked the fucking shit out of me. It was such a powerful, it was so powerfully written. 
And, you know, you could picture, you know, as you're reading through it and, you know, you're going through this guy, reading through this guy's psyche and his mind as he's losing his, his, you know, he's going insane and he's losing his shit and he hears the heart beating all the time. And it was just, it was really powerful for me. I really, I've always enjoyed Edgar Allan Poe's writings. Indie music. Ghosty, you're up. Oh, totally hot take. You know, they're not all winners, but a great majority of them are. I think they're most indie music is very underrated. And maybe that's a good thing because they're easier to find and not, you know, behind all these weird paywalls and stuff behind these big pub, um, producing companies. But I love indie music. So hot take. All right. Um, Wolfie. Indie music. I am going with hot take as well. I think a lot of indie music is where originality comes from. If you're looking for something different that's not what you're going to hear streaming or on the radio all the time, indie music is the place to go. Awesome. Cassie, your uh, indie music for you. I'm going to say Cold Fish. Um, Here's the reason why. My uh, brother has a Ph.D., in music composition and music theory and i run around with a lot of musicians and music is weird it is weird it freaks me out there's it doesn't follow certain theory and that can be a strong point i get that but for me it's it's cold fish it's uh, my brothers freak me out by showing me like hey check out this noise and it just sounds like kids running around a music studio it's weird to me and you know and so and that's that was the last point on on the hot take cold cold fish game but this is the one thing that i wanted to want to point out about playing a game like this and doing this we have just we've talked about six different things we talked about you know the first one was metallica the black album which is probably the most controversial metallica album there is it's either people love it or they fucking hate it that's just that's just it (laughs) There's no other way to look at it. There's no in-between for most people when it comes to the Black Album. I personally, I love the Black Album. I always did. Um, and, and it's still one of, one of my favorite Metallica albums. Um, the new Dune movie, I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to say anything about because I actually haven't seen it yet. Um, but from what I've heard from other people, and this kind of make... I, I really don't know if I want to see it. Um but maybe uh maybe one day i'll i'll give it a boo and just you know check it out uh twilight series i've already made my opinion known about that i think we all agree on what we think about barney and you know how we feel about edgar Allan poe and his writings and you know and talking about this talking about indie music where a few of us i'm a person on indie music it's a hot take for me um I love indie music. I love hearing bands and bands and and musicians and artists that I've never heard before. And you know, when I throw on one song, it's like it immediately captures me, and I'm 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 hooked. I want to hear more, right? And there are there are certain bands and there are certain music out there that just does that. That's how it grabs me. Um, The other thing I like about the indie bands is that. You know, they they're not like the big record label bands. 
or you know they're not like the bands that are signed to the big record labels where you know they're putting out music that basically for the most part nowadays especially if you're dealing with the huge record labels you're only putting out the music that the record company wants because all they're worried about is you know putting the millions in their in their pockets the thing that i like about the indie bands is they're constantly pumping out tunes they'll throw out a song and if you like it it gets follows and it gets streams if you don't like it they'll throw another one out you know within a within a certain amount of time it could be you know within a couple of weeks it could be a month whatever but there's always a consistent steady stream of new music coming from them right it's not where you buy an album and then you gotta wait two fucking years before you see another album from the same group oh my gosh i totally misunderstood that question too i thought you meant independent music like music that doesn't fit in a genre rather than independent record labels i had no idea that's what you meant so that's not no, a hot no, that's take fine. for me that's that cool. is a hot take for me when i was talking about indie music before what i was saying what i thought you were asking was experimental music and i there's a place for that it's just not in my ears right right yeah and i get that and i agree with you on that one too there's some experimental music i can't get into either it just drives me just bananas weird. Well, it's like, it's, you know, I'll go back to, I go, or I'll turn, I'll make a reference to uh, an interview video that I used to have um, about KISS. Uh, The video was called um, KISS Extreme Close Up. And, you know, uh, the one part that I remember uh, was Gene Simmons talking about guitar players and kind of how he viewed music and how he looked at a song and he, you know he's you know i remember him saying he was never a big fan of guitar players that played a bunch of notes you know when doing a solo he was he's more he's more of the type of a person that you know just hit a straightforward note and it's got to have punch and crunch right mm-hmm you know and he described some of these you know some of the guitar virtuosos that are out there is you know to him it was like a swarm of angry bees swarming around a nest that's the way some experimental music is for me just the way the synthesizers and everything sounds to me it just sounds like it's a it's like here comes the swarm of fucking murder hornets from washington state and now they're they're on a bombing run they're taking out the whole fucking north american system right I, I can't get into it it just it goes straight into the middle of my skull and i can't i just can't yeah, yeah and some of it is just too much to piggyback on that concept you know when you play a note you've got to mean it and when you're playing that so fast now sometimes there's a place for that but if you're playing so fast you can't feel the meaning you can't feel that um from the musician i think that music communicates and if we're missing the communication then there's nothing there you know absolutely all right so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our last break here before we get into our last segment to wrap this up um so i am going to throw it out to cassie right now to throw a song at us to play for the break yeah really appropriate to the times here um i'm gonna go with wind of change by scorpions all right awesome pick so with that 
everybody kick back relax and here's some winds winds of change by the scorps
look at it from up here, you get an appreciation of our world is a beautiful place and we do need to take care of it. All right, and we are back from our last break. You were just listening to Wind Wind of Change by the Scorpions. So we're going to continue on with the last segment of the podcast today, and I'm going to throw the floor over to my sister, Wolf, and I know she has a question that she'd like to ask. Absolutely. Hey, Count. Um... Since we've been talking about Poe and Macabre and things that go bump in the night, to help your listeners get to know you better, can you talk a little bit about your spirituality, how you found it, or how it found you? Ah, my spirituality. <laughs> it's, it's been an interesting journey. I'll start it by saying that. Um, for those people that don't know me i know i i've explained a little bit of this to you guys so you guys are aware of it um when i was a kid um i actually come from a christian family in a christian home um i was baptized ukrainian orthodox um and was actively involved in the orthodox church up till 2006 uh 2006 or 2005 either 2005, I think 2006, was the last time that I had stepped foot in a Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Um, You guys also know, and I've told you this, uh, my my second wife was Ukrainian Orthodox, and her father is a high-level Ukrainian Orthodox priest. Um, Part of the reason why I left the church... um, a lot of personal reasons but the biggest thing was i started to question what not so much even just with my own religion at the time but what was the purpose of organized religion i had seen things and i had seen people act in ways that it defied explanation it defied logic. It defied the parameters of morality, of goodness, of kindness. And I, I'm just going to put it right out there. I saw, I saw priests hiding behind that white collar and pulling shit with people and doing things to people that if you're a priest and you are committed to spreading this belief amongst your parishioners and amongst your congregation well you're not going to be pulling shady shit behind the background and i saw a lot of it firsthand and not just with my ex-father-in-law i saw it with many people and it really made me sick it it really made me start questioning why i was there it made me start questioning what the purpose of organized religion was and i was like uh, i'm done uh and i walked away from it i spent a lot of time after that probably the next you know 14 15 years or so kind of using you know kind of 
walking, you know, I, I was finding my peace a little bit and my spirituality being out in nature. I was, you know, I do a lot of camping and stuff and, and, uh, spent a lot of time, uh, volunteering and part of the volunteer work that I did was spending a lot of time outdoors with youth and stuff. And being in nature was what kind of kept that spiritual side of myself going a little bit. Um, getting involved in now becoming involved with more and, and believing more pagan beliefs getting involved in witchcraft and the occult to an extent or you know not getting involved but getting involved in the occult but but rather researching researching and learning one of the things that i am a huge proponent of and this was something that i had learned from my father when i was a kid you never stop learning no matter what and my dad was one of those people that he always had his nose stuck in a book. He was a guy who had only went as far as grade nine. I mean, he was born in 1927. And in those days, kids weren't all, you know, kids couldn't go to grade 12 a lot of the time and, and go to college and go to university. They had to help out at home. And I mean, they were on a family farm and, you know, in the prairies and it wasn't an easy life, right? So my father's education came from reading. He always read and he always educated himself. He never stopped. And I took a lot of that. And and a lot of that has also contributed to, you know, my my evolution in in spirituality and how I've and how I came to it. And really how I came to now being on this path of spirituality was really, it started with that card reading that Ghosty did for me and, and realizing or the awakening of that vampire side of my, of my personality. So I hope that answers your question. It does. It does. And, uh, and another part of the reason why I wanted to get into doing a podcast. And I remember Spike asking me, uh, when I was on on his show, you know, he asked me a question about if you would you ever get back into DJing again? Because we were talking about my DJ background. I was like, nah, you know, I, I've I've been there. I've done that. I did it for seven years and I had a lot of fun doing it. But like I said, I when I was DJing, it was always it, it was a party, too. Right. And. Honestly, I'm too old now and I can't handle being sick and hung over for four days. So I don't want to, I, I mean, I love playing music, but to do it for a living again, uh, I'm kind of past that. So when he threw that question at me, I thought, well, okay, you know, what's something that I would want to do where I can talk about all this kind of stuff and I can... Um, you know, I'm not just doing it over DMs on Twitter with you guys or through text messaging or, you know, stuff that's posted on the TL here and there. It's, it, it, pardon me, it was about, I really wanted to do something that I felt like, as I said, it's a safe space, a place of, you know, respectful space and just have people get together and talk about stuff talk about the things that interest them, talk about the things that they like, 
And for me, this, at this point in my life, I think this is a much better forum and a much better format for me. Um, because instead of standing up in front of, you know, a bunch of people that are partying and, and getting hammered, and all you're doing is just giving them the the cheer and the rah rah to keep going. This is this is a different this is a different setup. This is really about getting into the stuff you want to talk about, and and you know so it all ties in together. And and I'm hoping that this experience helps me with that spiritual side too, because it's always good to hear somebody else's side and to hear about their journey and what they've experienced and what they've gone to realistically through respectful discussion that's how we learn about each other we don't learn about each other you won't learn much about me watching me stand up in front of a bunch of stereo equipment in a bar spinning tunes because chances are i'm not thinking about what i want to talk about all I'm thinking about is what, what the next tune is going to be that I want to crank out because I want to get more girls dancing on top of my speakers. As stupid as it sounds, but really that's, you know, that's what it, that's what it adds up to. Right. For me, the spiritual journey in music in that way is past. It's gone. Now, and, and my spiritual journey has evolved. It's grown. So now... This is the next part of that. And, you know, this is part of incorpor, and this is going to be incorporated into it. Yeah. And uh, I know that um, we're all really looking forward to seeing how that blossoms with you and uh, each one of us, too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I'm really excited and, and looking forward to doing this, um, you know, to, to, to have people that are willing to you know, tune into this and, and listen to it and, and, uh, you know, maybe one day want to take part in it and, and be a guest on the show. If, you know, anybody ever wants to suggest a topic they want to hear, or, you know, they won't, they want me to bring up or talk about into that. Um, I feel that we're in a place now where, if we don't start talking more and doing more things like this, and especially in the times we live in, it's going to get a lot more rough before it gets any better. And this is just another way for people to forget about the day-to-day -day bullshit in their lives and to forget about that day-to-day -day grind and the day-to-day -day stress and... All of that stuff that drives us absolutely batshit crazy. This is a break. It's a getaway. Even if it's only an hour and a bit, but it's still an hour and a bit where you get to let your mind calm down. You forget about the garbage and the crap and you hear something interesting, fun, and and you want to tune in. So I, I, I hope that answers your question and, and you know gives the listeners a, a good idea of what they can expect to hear on this program. So at this point, I will ask you guys, we'll, we'll start wrapping the show up. So I just wanted to ask you guys what, uh, give me what your takeaway from, from this podcast was in this episode today. What, what did you, what did you get out of it? So I'll start with you, Wordy. 
because not that I didn't take anything away from it, but I usually don't think in terms of that. <laughs> um, I think it's a, it was a good start to get to know you. You know, I know that you were on the uh, Spikes podcast, and I'm sure that that probably intrigued quite a few people. And I know from the Twitter timeline that there are quite a few people that are interested in this this inaugural podcast so far. So I think it was a really good introduction into you specifically um, and what you want to accomplish in this podcast. But I also think that it's um, it lets people know that, yeah, this isn't going to be, you know, like a lot of other things that are out there. It's not going to be something that's just dry and you're sitting there talking to yourself about something. It's going to be about a varied things as well. And I think that's a good thing. Cool. Wolfie. I think that what I took away from this was one that people did get a really good sense of who you are and how varied the topics are going to be. But I also really did get that sense of camaraderie. And I think that that's important. We were also very different on this, the four of us, but we have respect for each other. And I think that is what your show is going to be about. It's going to be a safe space, a place of respect, where you can talk about the kinds of things that you're just not hearing out there. Awesome. And I'll throw, the, throw it over to you, Cassie. Yeah, so um, I, have a, I have a takeaway here. Um, when I'm looking at this whole, this whole process, I, I see a very big theme that all four of us can really get on. And that is the theme between connection versus disconnection. And it's interesting how even um, when you're describing how your vision for this, um, which it, you're already on point, it's like you want to create a place where people can connect and disconnect from that disconnected world where we're not connecting, where we're not creating meaning and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so what I'm taking away from this is how can we grow something where we can connect stronger and build more bonds and get other people connected? And so that's that's my takeaway. Awesome. Thank you, Cassie. Well, you know, time flies when you're all sitting around having fun. And we are sadly at the end of our show. At this time, I'd like to again thank my sisters, Wordy Ghost, Wolf Witch Grave, and Cassie for joining me here today. You can follow them all on Twitter and make sure that you uh, take some time to check out Wordy's published writing under her pen name of Iggy Stark. Um, also, Cassie will be uh, doing some new things on YouTube on her YouTube channel coming in the new year. So make sure you're keeping an eye open for that. And, uh, you know, if uh, you're interested in anything that Cassie's up to, please give her a shout. At this time, again, I'd like to, you know, give a huge shout out to my brother Spike with Honeybone Rush. Uh, please check out Honeybone Rush's music on Spotify, Bandcamp. Uh, they have stuff up on YouTube. And tune in to Backstage with Spike, uh, which airs a podcast, his podcast, which airs a new episode on Mondays here on the Anchor FM network. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in 
to this first episode of Count's Coffin Talk, and I hope that uh, you enjoyed the, the episode today. Um, hope you enjoyed the topics that were discussed, and uh, I, I really look forward to uh, seeing you all tune in next time. Remember, keep the respect, keep peace, and keep the shiny side up, y'all. Bye for now. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.